You are now listening to Podcast Like a Champion Today, an OU football podcast produced by fans for fans. Now, here are your hosts, Noah, Joe, Johnny, and Christian. All right, Sooner Nation, we are back with a post-game edition of podcast like a champion today. We are going to talk about the OU Kent State game that we just watched. A uh, little shaky first half, got going big time in the second half. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm starting a petition. You guys can be the first three to sign it if you'd like uh, for Danny Stutzman to become my dad. What do we think about that? Aren't you older than Danny Stutzman? Pretty sure I am. Yeah, I think you're older than Danny Stutzman, but I mean, I like it. I'll still sign the petition. It's just weird. Okay, well, yeah. If you guys could do that to support your boy, I'd love it. Uh, He had a heck of a game. Defense, I thought, played really good as a whole. Uh, I think... There were times where they got tired, but I feel like that's because our offense went out there for five seconds and then they had to be back out. I don't know. So, yeah, that's what I I, I thought they played really well overall. And even when they were tired, uh, they, they kept fighting. So, I mean, you brought up Danny Stutzman. Obviously, he led the team in tackles and it just seemed like he was everywhere tonight. Last week, he was high up in tackles, too, with Billy Bowman, and both of them are number one and number two again, with uh, Justin Broyles with 11 tackles as well. Stutzman had 12, Broyles had 11, Bowman had 11. So it's just crazy, you know, seeing Stutzman, the way he's flying around there. It really looks like he's going to be our centerpiece of this team, of this defense, maybe, and just the way that he's holding it down, getting those tackles. Also, getting a sack, four tackles for loss. He was was big time tonight. What else did y'all see? What did you think of from what you saw overall there? Really, it was like two different games for me. Like, There's the first almost half where it's slow, stagnant offense, quick three and outs, nothing mm-hmm. moving. Um, lines not getting any movement. Running backs aren't able to find holes. And then they go into that last drive where they're needing just, I think BV called it a shot in the arm. Yeah. That's what it was. From then on, the crowd kind of got back into it because the crowd was great tonight. They were involved um, the whole, like, the first couple drives, and then it was just quick three and outs, and that just killed it. So that drive at the end, they go down. I think it was they had 38 seconds when they got the ball, and they scored with, like, 11 left or something like that. Um, Yeah. Basically three straight plays to Marvin, and they just – he couldn't be guarded. Now, whenever we get the ball to Marvelous Marvin Mims, good things happen. Oh, you Twitter calls him Marvelous Marvin Mims. I noticed that today. That's what they called him on their tweet. So, mm-hmm. Shout out to Marvelous Mar- Marcus, uh, Marvin Mims. <laughs> We'd love to have you on the podcast. And then, of course, our boy yeah. Reggie Grimes, friend of the pod, he uh, did his thing again tonight, led the team with sacks. He had one and a half, had two and a half tackles for losses. He he seems to be maybe the All top defensive lineman right now. Yeah, top defensive lineman on our team and just getting after it. So I think 
The first sack was on the first drive, and I was like, okay, here we go. Another Reggie Grimes game. He's going to have multiple. Yeah, I think he's all Big 12. There's one of my predictions for the year. At the end of the year, he's all Big 12. There was one dude that had a heck of a first half, and I think he's going to be on the podcast at some point. Yeah, let's talk about that. What am I talking about? Um, My boy, hang time. You know, mm. best punter in the nation by far. Um, punted, you know, the thing is, I love seeing hang time, but during OU games, it's not really a good thing that he's out there. Right. But, you know, he just sends some humming for us tonight, and we appreciate that. Hang time, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Joe, his third punt of the night, he only punted it like 20, 25 yards. It was a really bad punt, went out of bounds, yeah, well, put them in great field position. What do you got to you know, say? Sometime, you know, Christian, you're, you're, in your boy. Ministry. you're in youth ministry just like I am, right? And sometimes you don't have a good message. I've heard you. But always that good. doesn't mean you're a bad always, youth pastor, right? Always good. Any message about God's always good. Nothing like punting. Sometimes it's not as good as it could be, right? So, it's not a 20-yarder. No, sometimes maybe sometimes yours maybe like, Turk was yeah. just focused on the twelve dollars he's gonna make when he comes on the podcast from that's <laughs> five jerseys. Joe buys four of is that jerseys. is that for real? Hold on, if I yeah. bought insane. So referring to last podcast, mm-hmm. I made a statement. We put it on Twitter uh, that if we got hang time to agree to come on the podcast, uh, and he, you know, it actually happened, then I would buy four. I would buy all of us a a hang time jersey. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna make how much from that? Three dollars and ninety cents per jersey. 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 Yeah, I'd rather just give hang time. Michael like, Turk, he'll give you twenty bucks if you come on the podcast. You make yeah, money. I'll give you twenty bucks <laughs> if you come on the podcast. I'll give you, I'll give you twenty five bucks. Come on, man, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Maybe we need to change the stakes a little bit, but yeah. Now was that statement made like official by OU? Because when I first read that, it was that was like an example from other universities. Has that been verified as like OU's price structuring or? So the way I understand it, it's not like up to the school. Um, fanatics, right? Yeah, Fanatics has the deal with like the Jordan schools and I believe some Nike schools, and. Basically, there's like a middle company that um, players. So, like Marcus Major isn't in the. You can't buy his jersey, so I'm assuming he's opted out of it. Um, but there's a group that like gets the contracts done with all the players, and they, of the four dollars and something they get, they take a percentage. So, it comes out to three ninety. Is the tweet I saw, so which is just unreal. How many the normal, jerseys? The normal jersey is a hundred dollars, so you would think if you're slapping a name on it, you get more of the forty right. upcharge than three dollars. But people are gonna make money, so. So then, how much? How much does a player make if they sell a hundred jerseys? Well, I'm not a mathematician, but it'd be around three hundred ninety dollars. Yeah, I took yeah, I took math twice what? in college. 
Three hundred ninety dollars, Joe, for a hundred jerseys. I don't. Okay. You do three dollars and ninety cents times a hundred. That's three hundred ninety dollars. Yeah, three ninety. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. But a hundred jerseys—that's so, a lot to have to sell whenever they charge one forty. But anyways, back to the game. Uh, yeah, Marcus Major. Uh, I've been—he's mm. been the guy I'm hyping up the most. I want to yeah. see more of him. Um, he was pretty effective tonight. Had uh, averaged seven point six yards a carry. Only Ooh. got five—only got five chances to run it, but he looked electric he's running over dudes he's breaking tackles um i made the comment to you guys at one point uh he there was two drives where they kind of just went down the field quick and he had some big runs and then that next drive eric gray runs for like zero a zero yard gain and i was like what you just saw what marcus can do why yeah why would you put Gray back in and then the very next play, 44 yard gain? Yeah. And I was, I said, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I but if you both. take away that 44, that 44 yard run from Gray, then, you know, Major would have had more yards than him on only yeah. five carries. It's kind of crazy yeah. that they only, he only ran it five times because it felt like their defense was just absolutely destroying us on our run game in the first half. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating, and then they put in Major in the second half, and he like lit a spark and actually got some yards, made some good yeah. cuts. I thought the same thing. I thought they were going to keep rolling with Major through the second half, but it's like he got the run game going, and then they went right back to Gray. So I don't know, but I'm I'm glad you kind of hit on the the cuts. Um, that the one for the touchdown run. Yeah, that was dirty. That was that was dirty. I think he tore my ACL. <laughs> not not hard to do, but yeah, I was just watching at home on the couch though. Yep, that made uh, my ACL hurt. But mm-hmm. no, do you guys think a, that there's some new? Oh, there are some new <laughs> players in street clothes. There's some new mm-hmm. players in street clothes. Noah, tell us about that. I didn't expect Key Lawrence to be in street clothes. Did he get hurt earlier in the game? For the no, people listening it, to the pod. I was flying for the first half home from Florida, so I missed mm-hmm. the first half. Yeah, I probably didn't word that the best. He, um, I guess it didn't come out until after the game, but he got hurt in practice this week, had a hamstring injury. Mm. So mm. I said, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later, but he didn't play tonight. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, I didn't. There weren't Rick really – yeah, Nick Anderson was just in – I don't know his injury either. Um, he's just in, like, his jersey, like, no pads or anything and sweats. I noticed that from pregame. That was my go-to guys. in high school. Just a jersey, no pads, don't play. <laughs> Let's put that on a T-shirt. Various jersey, <laughs> no pads, don't play. Hey, uh, so do you guys think – that it's going to be it's going to turn into Marcus Major being kind of like a Kennedy Brooks kind of I, I like hope so. Yeah. There could be some more balance between the two. Maybe they keep starting with Gray and then Marcus comes in as like the change of pace guy. Um but I mean he's just the better running back. Gray brings you more in the past game and stuff like that, but 
if you, it's like every time they're in short yarded situations where they need like one, two yards, Marcus is coming in any, anyways. They had that fourth down play, which um, Daniel Parker was in. He played today. Out, he he wasn't available last game, but that dude can block. He came in on that fourth down, and him and Braden Willis sealed, basically got pancakes mm-hmm. on the edge, and Marcus had an easy first down. I was yeah. pretty excited Speaking when I saw Braden him coming Willis. in because he's got that reputation. Speaking of Braden Willis, I was excited to watch him after that first game, two touchdowns, and and seeing him develop. And he dropped a couple passes tonight. He only had uh, the one catch for like four yards, I think it was. Mm-hmm. He didn't one one did of those drops look, was a fifty yard touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked he just looked a step behind tonight. It's like I don't know if last week was like everyone gave him a big head, and maybe he was too confident. I don't know, but he. He he dropped a lot of passes and it it just didn't seem like he was in in the zone tonight. So that that was a little discouraging. Uh, I know for all of us that were watching, Johnny missed the first half, which was probably great, Johnny, because the first half was infuriating. Like sitting on the couch watching that, I don't know if that's how Joe felt. I'm one, I'm, you know, I'm wondering how Noah felt being in the crowd and how that atmosphere was. But the the first half was hard to watch, just seeing. It felt like we were getting bullied. Like it felt like their O line was beating us, their D line was beating us. Like they were just the stronger, more physical team for that first half, and it was tough to watch three and outs and them running the ball and their quarterback running for twenty yards plus on us and doing whatever he wanted. I mean, first yeah. half I was I was I was ready to to get upset. I was like, it's only one half football. I was trying to keep myself calm. But what was the what was the stadium like? What was the fans? What was the atmosphere like uh, at the game, Noah? Uh, like I said, it, it started strong, and then as the three and outs kept piling up, it kind of wavered. Um, they came back around that the holding them to that uh, when they attempted that second field goal that they missed was huge because then crowd kind of got involved at that point, and then they go down and score in like twenty seconds to go into half. So they had the they had the crowd then, and then right before halftime. Uh, it's dark enough. That's when they kick the light, the lights on when we, Marvin scored that touchdown and the whole place was like, Whoa, this is awesome. So and if you go ahead, go just, I want to say before we get too far away from it, going back to, uh, um, Braden Willis dropping those passes. I don't think just looking at it, I don't think that he got a big head or like anything like that. I just think that, he got too excited and you know, that happens. I mean, I know playing, I I was all in organized football. I was always a lineman, so I never got to touch the ball, but in backyard football, you know, whenever I'd go out for a pass, I would be way too focused on trying to score instead of actually securing the ball. And that's just what I think happened is he, he got excited and he's really, he's a really passionate kid and it seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, but uh, I just think he got excited tonight, and it'll—it's just something that he's got to clean up, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see. We'll see how it moves forward in in the rest of the season. Um, man, I I talked up UTEP's quarterback last week, and I was like, Kent State shouldn't be much because surely their quarterback can't be as good as UTEP's was. Like he, UTEP's quarterback made solid passes across the middle last week, but. 
but Kent State's quarterback was way more elusive, um, and he scrambled a lot, and he found his way out of the pocket whenever they got a good rush and and made yards out of it. And so I think, obviously, that's going to have to be something our defense focuses on and works on. I think we'll see that now because I think, you know, I'm I'm glad it happened with Kent State. I think they showed a hole in our defense, and it's that our defensive line could not contain the quarterback scramble. Like, they they couldn't stop him from running. He was, you know, first half before he started hobbling a little bit in the second half, he was kind of just doing whatever he wanted, it felt like, uh, whenever he would scramble. And so I'm sure that's going to be something that the defense works on going forward uh, and, and making that making that adjustment, making that happen. Man, I'm hoping, I'm guessing Venables must have gave a great halftime speech because they came out uh, and the team was a lot different. Second half, right off right off the bat, we started um, you know, making defense stops, scoring touchdowns. The third quarter, we were rolling. Um, I think we scored, yeah, we went 24 to zero in the third quarter. And so, uh, scored a lot of points, stopped their team a bunch. What what was y'all's big takeaways coming out of there in the second half? I think that's something that you look for in a great coach. Um, there's uh, – I haven't played a lot of football. I've had a lot of different types of coaches, but you can see great coaches have an impact when they can meet with their coordinators and make – strategic changes in halftime to come out and just dominate the way that we did the second half. Um, yeah, you can have like a halftime speech that pumps people up, but to be able to scheme different, I mean, they <clears throat> literally just decided to change play calls and the way that they were running things has been, uh, much, was much better in the second half. But you can see it within the players too. I don't think they wanted to <laughs> have their second game of the year be like I don't know that difficult they should have just steamrolled those teams the whole time but yeah and yeah like Johnny I think that tells a lot about the kind of coach BV is um you know you in football in sports and everything like you're gonna have adversity you're gonna have times where things aren't going your way but it's you know that doesn't have to define who you are as a team. It's how you respond to it, you know? And I feel like we came out, you know, ended the first half with, you know, touchdown and then came out in the second half and took care of business pretty much and got some second and third stringers, some play time. So that was good. Yeah, I think obviously, uh, Marvin Mims really took off there in the second half too. I mean, it, it Noah said it earlier, but he was the go-to and he, it felt like he couldn't be stopped. Uh, basically whatever route he was running, wherever he was at, I mean, he was catching the ball and getting yards. He had seven catches for 163 yards and two touchdowns. And so, uh, you know, I felt like OU's always had that one receiver, um, that stepped up and, and been the big playmaker and we weren't sure exactly who it might be going into the season. I mean, a lot of us had a good idea that it might be Mims, but, you know, we have talented receivers. Uh, so to see Mims step up, you know, we've always had – we had CeeDee Lamb and, and Hollywood Brown and Sterling Shepard, and it's always seemed like there's been one guy that, you know, is just kind of leading those wide receivers and is going to show up and, and make those plays. And it looks like Mims maybe solidified himself tonight as being that guy. Um, what would you all think from that? What do you think from the offense and how they moved the ball – in the second half, what would you see while you were there, Noah? Yeah, they definitely moved it well in the second half. 
I think the the being able to run the ball effectively opened up the pass game. Um, as far as the Mims thing, that's definitely DG's number one guy. Um, I haven't seen like a target share breakdown, but he's got to be like at least 30, 35%. Anytime he's looking to go deep, it's always to Marvin. Christian, uh, I got a question for you. I saw that you just muted your mic. Did you mute it to fart? No, I'm watching the UFC fights, and so I'm okay. trying not to make any noises okay. while I uh, do that whenever you guys talk. But okay, and I, just, also, I noticed that on the screen, so I wanted to make sure. Yeah, if y'all don't know, we record Saturday night, uh, usually when everybody gets back, and so the Baylor-BYU game's going on right now, so watching that for the picks to see how that goes. We're all rooting for Baylor besides Noah. He made a bad pick there. Uh, and then we got the UFC fights on Scoreboard. right now, too. Uh, Nate Diaz is fighting right now and I'm a UFC guy. So I'm just, I'm just back and forth watching those two, but, uh, no, yeah, I agree with y'all in the, in the second half. I mean, one of the coolest plays was Drake Stoops, his, his catch, uh, tippy toeing down the sideline, making the jump. Uh, they posted that picture where his like shoe fell off at the same time of him jumping, uh, and reaches out and scores that touchdown. Uh, and then, you know, we could hear it on the TV. I'm sure it was really loud where Noah was at and in, in that stadium of just everyone yelling stoops like they always do whenever he gets the ball um, and just seeing how OU, how much OU loves him and, and any time he makes a play. So that was a cool moment to see him get that touchdown and, and just the crowd just was going crazy for him. They were, they were ready for that. So Speaking of the crowd and the atmosphere and everything, Noah, what was it like? With those that little uh, that little light show going on, what was LEDs. That like? It was awesome. So we heard about that in the off season. That was one of the things they did as soon as Brent Brent and Thad got here was um, they upgraded from the normal like fluorescent lights to LEDs that they can control and they yeah. can do they can do like color too. I believe they just haven't yeah. yet. But with last week being a day game, it really didn't affect it much. And I don't think it would have affected it in the first half much, like especially the first quarter with the sun still being up. So it kind of worked out that they waited until it got dark to kind of start popping off. But, man, the first time everyone got scared, they thought, like, the light shut off and stuff because yeah. they That's went dark for a second. And uh, I was talking about it with uh, uncle and brother-in-law walking over um, that they might do something tonight. Um, but yeah, it was cool. And, uh, between the third and fourth quarter, they had it off like the whole time and they got Toby Keith to sing, uh, Michael Hostie's Oklahoma breakdown, which it was a weird rendition. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. The original probably would have been better, but, uh, you know, Toby's big of you guys. So I'm I not sure if that's Toby something. Keith. I'm not sure if that's something he's released or they had him do. Um, yeah. He was there at the game again tonight. They showed him a couple times, but yeah, it was awesome. Everyone had their flashlights out and it, it was just cool. Like the video I took didn't really do it justice, but um, hopefully we get like Bedlam for a night game. Yeah. So like the crowd's Johnny, like really into it. Johnny, it sounds like OU is getting their Gaither lights out. He said the whole crowd got their light out. Oh, yeah. So they learned that one from Bill Gaither. Shout out Bill Gaither. 
We'd love to have you on the podcast. Shout out to Bill Gates. We'd love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> another another crowd note is when um, oh when <laughs> when uh Nick oh wow not Nick Evers when uh, Davis Bevel came in um, the student section just started chanting "We want booty" and it was awesome. They did it pr- the whole like first probably four plays of his like drive and i feel bad for the guy because he cut he gets like he gets some pt and they're immediately saying we want your backup but yeah um he, he's got to know it's all in good fun and then they did it the next drive to that last drive of the game uh yeah i mean the jokes tell themselves so the but students, it was so the students stayed the whole time yeah that's what i'm hearing sounds like students stayed. well Maybe. not not all of them but it was uh, it was much better yeah, yeah. I, it got I talked pretty to, I talked to some OU students last night. They were at the Bixby game, uh, Connor Nolan and Jake Mercer. And I asked them, I was like, you guys leave the UTEP game? And they were like, yeah, we did. But you got to know, the student section was right in the sun. It was 100 and oh, something degrees. Sure. And they ran out of water. They're like, we went home and showered and watched the second half. like, And we weren't dying from a heat stroke. And so... They said, like, but we'll stay for this whole game. Like, you know, if, if OU would 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 plan more 6 o'clock games, like instead of doing 11 o'clock, do more mm-hmm. primetime games where we have time to, like, actually tailgate, where we have time to, you know, have a full day and then get out there where it's not ridiculously hot in Oklahoma, like the students will stay. And, you know, you saw that tonight. I think 6 o'clock games need to be the new move with seeing those lights. Like, everyone on Twitter was freaking out about the LEDs and how much it, like, changed the atmosphere and how cool it made mm-hmm. it. Um, and so, man, I think as many of those six o'clock games as you can start moving that schedule towards and stop all of these 11 o'clock kickoffs, you know, I think I that mean, would be good for the atmosphere of the stadium. But who's we're not like, I I don't know if you guys know who's in charge of that. The TV network. Oh, yeah. 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 They, it, we can't there's like an order. Yeah. There's basically like a draft each like. For each week of like what gets what time slot. So like the K State game in two weeks, we still don't know the time for. Yeah. But, the TV mm. networks are gonna just tell us. Like yeah, Fox, but, yeah, you know, Fox you just gotta put their do biggest it. game at eleven. Yeah. And then ESPN will probably put their biggest on ABC at like seven yeah. o'clock. But gotcha. Uh couple Couple statistics. No, uh, I noticed. I noticed Jacob Sexton. Mm-hmm. Huge. Like, yeah, I didn't see him on the screen this last week or whatever. But oh my! And he he didn't even have like a full off season. He had a summer with Schmitty. Right. It's like six weeks with Schmitty, and is <laughs> massive. Joe just started eating a cookie on screen. My, bad. I'm really nice. jealous. I'm really jealous. I can't crunch my peanut M and M's into the mic. It would be too loud. But he's just it, inhaling that cookie. I'm trying to get as big as uh, Caleb Sexton. Jacob. Jacob. Jacob Sexton. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, he he's huge. Uh, they're all they're all big. I mean, like I, I talked about last week, but Phil Lodeholt's down there, and they're the same size. Uh, a couple stats. Shout out Phil Lodeholt. I'd love Shout to have you on Phil. the podcast. I was a Shout huge Vikings Phil. fan and OU fan. And just to see you open up the holes for Adrian Peterson for years, 
I loved it. So we'd love to have you on the podcast. Phil, as a fellow uh, fat kid my whole life, the <laughs> little thing that College Game Day, little story they did about you and how you were like 200 pounds in sixth grade or something like that and how you were always the bigger kid. I really related to you. Um, so you were a role model for me. I'd love to have you on the podcast. Love to hang out. Love to be your friend. So, Yeah. A uh, couple stats that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, this is the fewest points OU's allowed since 2017. The game just didn't even, mm. it didn't feel like mm. that. Like, especially the first half. It mm-hmm. felt like we were getting the offense was in. like <laughs> so slow. Yeah. And it's like, man, this is a close game. But they, I mean, they turned it around that last drive uh, heading into halftime and just kept it going. But, I mean, just the feeling, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. We held them to three points, and that's the fewest since 2017. Like, it, it feels like the game is a win, but there's, like, some, like, little losses in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and a then, big loss is that OU did not cover the spread. Um, uh, what, good, what, good what, Noah. I did mess up on that graphic. Sorry about that. Yeah, Noah. let it the takes, people know. Let the people the know. under on total points. I made that graphic real late at night, and I was tired, and I was like, yeah, I got this. And I messed that one up. But for me, Joe, and Johnny, we missed the spread by three points. Uh, so that was What tough. was the spread? It was 32 and a half, and they won by 30. Mm. So one more field goal or something, we would have been good. But Dang it. Yeah. Um, also, I mental note I took down, when they, kind of towards the end of the game, when they put the second string defense in, they left Justin Harrington out there, which mm-hmm. it could be just to get him more reps, at like the cheetah or whatever, but he ended up uh, getting that interception. And that that gave OU the longest streak in the country of games with an interception. Another thing yeah. that's like that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Especially when you think of like our defense yeah, the yeah. last like year or two. Absolutely. I heard I was like, wow, that's kinda it's kinda weird. Justin Harrington, he has golly, just the physical build. He has such a potential to be a game changer if he can get just great technique which bb mm-hmm. could teach him but he's fast he's six foot four he has like a 35 inch vertical Oof. and then deshaun white deshaun white playing safety to me just looks weird like he's a he's mm-hmm. a thick shista back there <laughs> <laughs> he looks like raymond felton back there <laughs> looks like biggie cheese big slime I hope none of the players ever hear us like kind of make fun of them and be like, "Hey, you call me fat? You're like the fattest guy I've ever seen." You know, I do. I hope Deshaun White hears that. I hope you hear what I just said because I mean, yeah. you know, this thing <laughs> as Johnny is just laid out all over his couch, just these calling Deshaun White fat. <laughs> these four fat guys are calling me fat. I'm a Division One athlete. I will say. Um, <clears throat> OU's got to step it up for our guys. Noah ran into Ethan Downs at Supercuts. Sports clips. Don't get it twisted. Clips. Okay. Not near as bad as I was hearing. In yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we get that Let's hot towel, the MVP, everything like that. There we go. 
Noah well. sat down next to Ethan Downs and attempted to talk to him for a minute, and then he got up to use the bathroom, and then whenever he came back, did not sit next yeah, to him. He, he sat in a row in front of me. I'd like to tell myself it's because uh, he he knew that I was ahead of him on the lot in like in the line with the little check-in TV on the wall, um, and he knew he was gonna have to get up in a minute anyways. So when he came back, he was like, I'm just going to sit in this row that's open to myself, not sit right next to the only guy in the room. So, uh, Ethan, we'd love to have you on the podcast, and let's get sure. our haircut again two Fridays from now or before K-State. Are you, guys there. are you an every two weeks guy? Every two weeks. Yeah, every two weeks yeah, on but Friday I missed, morning, I go get mine. Yeah, but I missed a week, and it works because uh, I I – normally close on Fridays, so um I kind of have the morning and afternoon off but i miss ethan week, if you so want now i'm on track with ethan so we'll just keep yeah. seeing each other for the rest okay. of our lives ethan if you hey, want to know noah's whole schedule we'll post his number on twitter so yeah yeah <laughs> it's cool yeah um any any big final thoughts from tonight's game any other stories from the stadium, Noah, that you're thinking of, Joe, Johnny, last impressions. I just, I, I like what I saw, uh, second half. I mean, I liked what I saw as far as we were able to clean up stuff. And then we looked like Oklahoma in the second half. Very um, few penalties. Like it was a clean game up front. There weren't many false starts stuff. Yeah, you saw a week ago, they cleaned a lot of that up. Yeah. I, I just, you know, moving forward, I really want to see us just play four quarters of, I mean, we, we see flashes of greatness, you know, and I'd love to see that greatness throughout a whole game. Um, but going back to the lights, I didn't know that they were going to like put on a show with them. I didn't know they could control them. I, like everybody was talking about, we're going to get the new LED lights. I was just like, oh cool there'll be better lights like i just thought that it was going to be brighter or something but that kind of changes the game as far as atmosphere mm. so that looks really cool on twitter i can't wait to go to a night game yeah that's 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 like where i want to get to i want to i want to see you know what what good game they have that ends up being a night game. That's that's the one I want to go to now that I've seen like the difference in that. But yeah, Joe, I agree with you. Like that we you know, once we play like one of the oh sorry, Nate Diaz just won the fight. He made Tony Ferguson tap out. Uh once we play one of the really good teams, uh one of the better teams in college football, you know, could be Texas at this point after what we saw for them today. Uh but with that, you know, we can't play a first half like that. Uh, and expect to be able to win we need to play that second half consistently like we got to get that down um i mean maybe we could play first half like that and still win we did it last year against texas because texas still sucks uh but you know we got to do our best to not have a first half like that like there's in my mind there's still no reason why kent state should have been that close in the first half why they should have pushed us around why their quarterback should have had his way with us. You know, all the stuff we were seeing, they stopped our run game. Their D-line was was making pressure and getting tackles. Like, that's just, that shouldn't happen against a team like that. I know it's college football. I know they're all D1 athletes. Like, I get that. But still, you guys know, like, it's OU. 
and and we gotta we gotta step that up. We have better recruits. We have better players. We have better coaches. We, you know, that's just got to be something that that we get to as the season progresses and we get into championship time. We can't have another half like that. So, you know, I think they did great coming back out second half. We obviously saw BV make lots of changes and do uh, great in the second half, and so we just need it to continue rolling with that. But. Honestly, I'm just <clears throat> I'm really glad that they could turn it around in the second half. I feel like with the previous regime, we kind of carried momentum, whether good or bad, from the first half. So I like that BB could have uh, impact on how we play second halves and actually finish out games well. So yeah. that's exciting for me. Yeah, I mean, solid, solid second half. Things to correct from the first half, which probably did during halftime a lot of adjustments were made and got stuff got corrected um looking forward um three of our last four home games are going to be really good matchups k-state mm-hmm. baylor and bedlam uh kansas is in there too let's just can we just take a second the kansas jayhawks are 2-0 this year and notre dame is 0-2 yeah hey what did i say about notre dame Hey, I mean, what I say not, on our, I think it wrong. was our first, our first episode mm-hmm. overrated old mm-hmm. lady. Well, we'll see how everybody else does though. Against, uh, Ohio Marshall. state. They, they lost to Marshall today. Yeah. But that first game, I mean, they hung right in there with them. We'll see who else can do that. You know, still it's, lost. That's and true. Marshall. Michael Turk still had a bad punt. See? You just said everybody has one bad week, has one bad mistake. That's that's two. That's not one. That's two weeks in a row they've lost the game. <laughs> yeah, but the first game they played well. They were right there. They were able, they were almost about to get that win, and then they had an upset. But we'll see how the season ends for them. We'll see how it keeps going. I doubt they're just going to continue to lose like that. Um, loss is a loss. But we'll see. Looking forward to next week. We won't get too much into it. We'll leave that for the... Uh, Weekly episode, but Nebraska, man, what a stinker that was. I First off, I didn't know Clay Helton, uh, my friend Preston, shout out Preston Morris. Uh, he's the one that brought up Clay Helton's coaching Georgia Southern. I didn't know that. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, and <laughs> Johnny, you know my friend Ryan, Ryan of the Year. He's a, he's a loyal Nebraska fan. He's going through it. I just got a message from him. <laughs> We gave up 642 yards today, the most ever in our own stadium. Uh, during the OU game, I saw a tweet from one of uh, Nebraska's like beat writers, and it says that um, Georgia Southern took a 35-28 lead, and they haven't punted yet. And it said the crowd is chanting Fire Frost. What yeah. are the what are the odds? So his buyout gets reduced October 1st. October 1st. Cut. What are the odds he is employed past the second? There's no I'd way. Say, I think I'd even if, if he pulls off a win or two before he's then, out, like, he's still out. I think. I think if if he's able to beat OU, they might keep him. But he's there. Nebraska under Scott Frost, Nebraska's five and twenty-two in one-score games. That's, That's not tonight. just luck. That's just bad coaching to be that far below five hundred. I saw a tweet that said, yeah. you know, whenever Nebraska plays 
OU, they're still going to look like the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady Patriots. And it's like, they're going to bring everything they have. They're going to do every scheme, you know, and they're going to f- try to find a way to make that a close game, which it's like, it seems like everyone does that against OU. They, they go all out and they use everything they can uh, against that team. But yeah, I work with, uh, with Nate Nauman, shout out Pastor Nate. Uh, he's a Nebraska fan. And so we talk about that often. We talked about that in the office this week and same thing. He's going through it. He's like, man, it's not even fun. Like to be a fan to watch them, like just to see what they like the play calls they make and the things they do. So I can't yeah. imagine being a Nebraska fan right now. That's that's rough. It's, okay, they're just so bad defensively. Like Casey Thompson's putting up numbers. It's just, if if he's able to beat OU, they might let him finish the season before they fire him. I mean. Yeah, Georgia State's quarterback. Here, here's his stat line: thirty-seven of fifty-six for four hundred nine and a touchdown. That is just insane. Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern running back Gerald Green. Hey, Johnny, don't don't make a joke. Gerald Green. Ten carries, hundred thirty-two yards. We'll see you, Johnny. Running back Jalen White. Seventeen carries, eighty-five yards. Like they're just. Casey Thompson, 23-34 for 318 and a touchdown. They're hey. not they're I mean, not I, bad on offense. Like they'll they'll give OU some problems, I feel like. But their defense is just atrocious. Yeah. I just don't I don't think that it's really about the money. I think if they're gonna fire him by now, they would have fired him. because uh, they they had a terrible year the last two years and they stuck with him because I think they see something different in him. Obviously he comes from a great lineage of coaches, but. And I I mean, I was, when they made that hire, I was like, okay, this is a good step. Like this is putting them back to where they were, you know, like I thought it was Mm -hmm. a great hire. He's, he knows the program. He's, he can sell it to players. He's a good recruiter. Obviously, what he did at um, UCF, like I thought it was the answer, but it just has not worked out. Well, they have, you know, I love the name General Booty, but there's probably a close runner up for the greatest name in college football right now, and he plays for Nebraska. The coldest, the coldest to ever, ever do, do it. Crawford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The coldest to ever do it. <clears throat> And I think they've actually been recruiting well. They've had good transfers, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So he's doing some things right, but, yeah. Like, obviously, it's always on the coach first and then the players. So if I guess they're going to get rid of him, they can get rid of him. But I don't know. I think that <laughs> I respect Nebraska so much more now than I did five years ago, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh. Nebraska fan Ryan is also a Lions fan, so I have the feeling the disappointment's just yeah, going to continue into tomorrow for him. But, yeah. yeah. Talking about names, I had to do a double take. I didn't I didn't know this, and I heard him say it, and I was like, did he say what I thought? The Alabama player whose full, first name was Kool-Aid. Uh, oh, Kool-Aid got cooked today. Yeah, and he that's why I heard his name, is because he kept getting past interferences on, on that drive. He had him back-to-back, back-to-back plays, and he... 
had yeah. the one that he got away with, but yeah, Kool Aid was getting cooked. Kool Aid is that is that his no like, no. It's not his legal name. I don't know that. That's no. what, it just that's just. What I've never heard him been called anything else. His name was Kool Aid. It's it is it is on the roster. It is what people call him. It is not his legal name. I forget what it is, but I I read stories about him like a couple years ago when he was getting recruited because he was. What about Nicole? His Center. his first name is Ja Quincy. Yeah, Ja Quincy McKinch. It's the hardest name to say ever. Kool Aid. <laughs> Quincy McKinney. His grandmother gave him the nickname Kool Aid at birth because he came out smiling. That's a feel good story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about Nicoldis? Yeah. Is that his real name? Yes. Yeah. That is actually his legal name. <laughs> is his middle name actually to ever do it, or is that a myth, though? That It's got to be, right? No. It is. Like, that is his Nicol- legal if you're, name. If you're going to call your son Nicoldis. To ever do it, Crawford. Well, Crawford was the one they couldn't change. They couldn't change. Yeah, that's yeah. the last name. Yeah, can't do nothing about that. All right, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all in agreement there with with this game the way it wrapped up. You know, Baylor BYU still playing right now, and we all we all picked on that. So I think we're gonna wrap up here, finish watching that game. You know, we saw a great first half, or not a great first half from OU, but a great second half. And we saw them climb back up, play good. It's only the second game, Team 128. And so, you know, we're, we're ready to see them roll, go forward, and progress through the season uh, and see how you does. So make sure you join us later for our normal weekly episode of Podcast Like a Champion today. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Podcast Like a Champion today. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter and Instagram and look out for giveaways and OU content. Also, leave us a five-star review. And if you have a question you'd like us to address on the next podcast, you can comment on any streaming platform. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you.